Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. Dr. Cindy Banyer here for Dr. Cindy Speaks, the Daily Diatribe for Monday, January 30th, 2023. And this podcast is being recorded at 9.39 p.m. What a start to the week. We have so many things going on and I am learning how to be an audio technician. So that's super fun for me. But we have some interesting things going on in the news something that's going on in Florida that we knew was going to happen and finally happened here today was the bill in the Florida legislature was filed to allow for open carry in the state of Florida. So anyone, anywhere without needing to be pre-registered in any way, shape, or form are going to be allowed to carry weapons, whether they are concealed or not. So this is something that Gun Sense candidates like myself and organizations such as Everytown and Moms Demand Action have been worried about and knew that Ron DeSantis, along with the Florida Republican legislature, were likely to put into action here in 2023, not only because they are bought and sold by the NRA, but because this is a really great talking point and gets them a heck of a lot of favorable votes from the 2A guns for all crowd as well. So this is happening. We are hoping that people who are against it and with the common sense folks, the super majority, in fact, almost 68% of people across the United States, including those here in Florida, believe that we should not just allow everybody walk, to walk around with a gun. We hope that you will contact your state legislator and let them know that you are staunchly opposed to having open carry here in the state of Florida. So we will look forward to that. And otherwise, hope that we'll have safety here in Florida, but it's not looking really great for us. Some other sad news includes a suicide bombing in Pakistan in the Peshawar region at a Sunni mosque. There's not been a clear indication of who was the perpetrator of this act, but the devastating bomb has left more than 59 dead and over 150 in injured and seems to have been targeting police in the area. The Pakistani Taliban has initially claimed credit for it, but then backed away from that claim. And so it's not clear who is responsible. But we are thinking about those who have been affected by this tragedy in Pakistan. In some exciting news for people who want to have a functioning democracy and want to see people who are corrupt held accountable, the grand jury in New York is being convened, a grand jury in New York is being convened to look at the Stormy Daniels Donald Trump case and how the money that she was paid as hush money to conceal her affair, Stormy Daniels, of course, being the adult film actress, whom Donald Trump paid to have sex with and spank with a version of a magazine with his face on the cover, and then was paid 
she was then paid money out of his campaign account that was meant for her to basically make this story go away. Okay. Now people have been charged already criminally in that Michael Cohen being one of those people for this fraud, fraudulent activity in relation to the Donald Trump pain. Now the New York in New York, a grand jury is looking at the relationship that Donald Trump may have had in relation to this criminal activity and hush money being paid to a porn star. So just anybody who's thinking that Donald Trump is on the up and up, just add this one to the pile so that they can understand what kind of man they're really dealing with and what kind of corrupt, really incredibly lame and disgusting criminal they're really actually trying to get back into the White House. So speaking of lame politicians, Byron Donalds, the congressional representative for Southwest Florida, where I live here, and recent darling of the Republican and media and rebellion caucus and freedom caucus because of his brief stint as the leading nominee from said rebellion caucus for the speaker of the house byron donalds is one of a group of people in congress to co-sponsor a bill to normalize trade and diplomatic relations with taiwan now let me preface this by saying I have a PhD in Asia Pacific studies. I lived in Asia for eight years. I'm specifically an East Asia expert. And on top of that, I lived in Taiwan for three years. I love Taiwan. Taiwan is a country. Taiwan deserves its own independence. Taiwan has its own currency and functions as a full democracy. I am thoroughly in favor of independence for Taiwan. However, I understand, like everyone in Taiwan, that this is a fraught relationship with China. And in order for them to continue their lives as they are right now, freedom 100% on paper, as well as part of being able to participate 100% in the international community as a separate entity, is a difficult task because it would require them to fully secede from China and to be able to get the recognition of other countries. This has been seen as a very provocative act for by China. The United States and all but 24 countries really understand that normalized relations with Taiwan will come at a cost of potentially military intervention by China. It came as a surprise today that Byron Donalds was one of a handful of people in Congress, seemingly unwarranted and unprovoked as well, who wanted to normalize relations with Taiwan. And this is an incredibly bad idea. There is already a significant uptick in tensions in the region. Any mention, mere mention of normalizing relations with Taiwan, with giving Taiwan a formal status in any international organization, let alone formally recognized by the United States, is cause for significant diplomatic drama with China. So it's just not feasible, not possible, not realistic to just unilaterally declare Taiwan its sovereign nation and move away from the one China policy and 
declare our allegiance with Taiwan. Now, this being said, we already have laws on the books that said that we support Taiwan. We have supported Taiwan militarily for decades, and we train their their military members and we sell them weapons. So they're well equipped. We have a good relationship. We have to, by the way, another component of the law that we have that we've passed is that if there is an invasion of Taiwan by China, that the United States will come to the defense of Taiwan. So these are things that we've already determined. Escalating this ambiguity, the strategic ambiguity is what the official policy is called here in the United States, is seems like an escalation that is trying to drive us to war with China. And a little bit of a backup, just in case everybody's wondering who cares, right? Because it does seem, oh, Taiwan's a democracy, we should support them. This is true. But this is going way back to the Cold War, going to post-World War II, actually, where China was one of the allied powers. And that was actually under the Kuomintang, the KMT, which is the ruling, or not the ruling party, but the party that fled to Taiwan and then set up the Taiwan state, okay? They had fought on the allied side against the Japanese in the Pacific Front. So they were our allies. However, they became communists and then had the rule of Mao, which destroyed a large part of the Chinese economy, killed millions of people because of famine, as well as moved themselves to a dictatorship, communist, socialist system that also saw the ownership of productive capacities and companies by the state. So this was diametrically opposed to the Western United States and Western Europe's free market capitalist democratic model. Okay. So the United States chose because of the civil war in China to continue to recognize the KMT, the Kuomintang, when they moved to Taiwan as the official seat of power, even though Mao had taken over all of mainland China. So this went on until 1979 when the United States embarked upon the strategic ambiguity policy and recognized Beijing as the formal seat of power in China, recognizing the People's Republic of China where the capital is Beijing instead of the Republic of China ROC, which is Taiwan and their capital Taipei. At that point in time, all the international institutions, the United Nations, International Olympic Committee, the World Health Organization ha had to recognize mainland China, Beijing's rule as the, in fact, de facto government of China and not just the democratic one in Taiwan. So that's why you see in the Olympics, they have Chinese Taipei for the Taiwanese athletes instead of ROC or Taiwan. Okay. So this has been going back. This has been going on for a very long time. It was the way to move forward with Beijing and mainland China without completely isolating Taiwan and creating a bigger rift than there already was. And it allowed Beijing to then participate in earnest in international collaboration. It did unfortunately sideline Taiwan. Taiwan has to, because of participation of Beijing, subject itself. This came to a head in things like pandemics. So during SARS in 2004, 
2003, 2004, and in, in most recently COVID, SARS-2, actually, the World Health Organization had to have official relations with Beijing and not with Taiwan, which meant that no information went to Taiwan. And I lived in Taiwan during SARS-1, and it was a pretty scary thing when we didn't have the information because Beijing withheld the information from us. And that is one of the costs of not being formally recognized and not having formal diplomatic ties with the United States or any other international institution. However, like I said, like the people in Taiwan, we I recognize that having a stable country and a stable economy and not having China invade and not being recognized internationally is better than being recognized internationally and then having China attack and destroy your country and your economy as well. So there's also very strong economic ties between Taiwan and mainland. There's a lot of factories that are run by Taiwanese companies. And so they have to have those relationships. And it would not be hard. And that would probably be the first thing that would happen is that the mainland China would revoke visas and ability for Taiwanese business people to conduct their businesses in Taiwan, in China, and finally actually nationalize those companies, which would be a big benefit to Taiwan, to China. By the way, the semiconductors that we have been worried about, that we have the CHIPS Act that's coming to the United States, they are mostly made by Taiwanese companies. It's something like I haven't looked at the statistics recently, but it's upwards of 80 to 90 percent of the market share are coming from Taiwanese companies that produce in China, by the way. So if you want to give an economic upper hand to our number one economic competitor, then yeah, absolutely normalize relations with Taiwan so that China will nationalize all of the semiconductor factories and completely cut out the Taiwanese, which they would be more than happy to do. So there are so many angles to this and having a very bizarre bill come to the floor to normalize relations with Taiwan is not really sure the game that they're trying to play, if they're just trying to saber rattle or, or use it as some kind of wedge to say that the Democrats aren't pro-democracy. I don't really know, but anyone that actually understands the regional geopolitics in East Asia, particularly China and Taiwan, knows that this is just an absolutely ridiculous assertion to move away from the one China policy because there's really no impetus to do so at this point in time. Anyway, there is today's daily diatribe on Taiwan and China today from yours truly, the expert on East Asia, Dr. Cindy Banyer. And thanks for joining me here on daily, the Daily Diatribe with Dr. Cindy Speaks on Big Mouth Media. Be sure to check out all of our offerings and make sure that you get your foundation membership tomorrow. January 31st is the last day to get your foundation membership for Big Mouth Media and it's $50, and that is access to all of our content forever. And things are changing on February 1st, so go ahead and get that membership and help support independent media in Florida today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyer.com or connect with her directly at vote 
at cindybanier.com. We love connecting with people. 